From Sacramento, the Bishop's Radio Hour with Bob Dunning, focusing on today's issues in the context of gospel values. Now, here's Bob Dunning on Relevant Radio. That's me. Welcome to you on this beautiful day the Lord has made. We appreciate you all being with us on the Bishop's Hour. Indeed, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And I'm rejoicing and glad to be looking across the table at James McCormick, the uh, president of the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. James, good to see you. Thank you, Bob. It's been way too long. Way since, too long. Since we connected. You know, we got, yeah. got interrupted by COVID at one mm-hmm. point and, right. and, uh, and travels and, travels and it, et cetera. Tell us, uh, for those that don't know, and I know we, fortunately, we pick up new listeners every day. Uh, tell us about the Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. Sure. Well, you know, Bob, way back in 1996, uh, we were the Sacramento uh, Symphony Chorus, mm-hmm. and the symphony went bankrupt yet again, uh, and it meant that we didn't have a, a orchestra to sing behind. Um, so uh, we felt really bad. We had a lot of singers who had no place to go. So we formed our own nonprofit. We're talking uh, September 1996. Wow. And we agreed that we would do our best to keep the singers together and provide employment for our professional musicians. Right. Uh, and here we are 28 years later, wow. still going strong. Uh, we've done more than 180 classical music concerts. We've toured 14 countries wow. in Europe. We've been to China. Bob, we took 220 people to China, six busloads. And we performed in Beijing on the Great Wall in our sister city, Jinan, uh, and Xi'an, the ancient capital. Uh, It was just um, an amazing tour. And then we also went to Canada one year uh, back in 2009 to Vancouver and Victoria. So Two of my favorite cities in the world. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, We sing together. We make music together. uh, And we build a sense of community in the organization. Uh, we have a small board that uh, makes sure that things are rolling along fine. Uh, we're proud that we all made it through COVID. Uh, and finally, we're back to singing without a mask. Uh, it's still optional, but about 99.9% of our people will sing without a mask. So you continued to mask for quite a while after yeah. the, I guess, after things sort of settled down right. and most people stopped wearing masks. Sure. What was the idea of having 150 uh, singers behind a professional orchestra? So the union, the orchestra union, asked that we consider wearing masks uh, because uh, it, people weren't sure if everything was over yet. But as of last uh, May, when we did Carmina, a rousing version of Carmina Burana, uh, we didn't have to wear a mask. So I'm sure you must have had some thoughts in mind. How is this going to affect the quality of our performance mm-hmm. if, yeah. if we're masked? I, I, yeah. I remember the w- w- first time we had to do masks it was uh i you know yeah inconvenience of that but you could i could breathe fine i could mm-hmm. i could go jog and you know but i remember my my son was on the high school volleyball team and they they left it up to each Yikes. school to yeah. decide what they were going to do and they would play some schools that didn't mask and i'm going these poor kids <laughs> My kid, my son Steve, or mm-hmm. it gave him a good excuse for losing, though. You yeah, know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they didn't beat no, us. They, right. they beat yeah. us, but they didn't beat us fair. Yeah. But, but, and he he told me after he said, ah, insignificant, insignificant. Well, it, it did affect the sound a bit, but psychologically, it wasn't a great experience. Is it something and you could hear a recording and go, okay, um, 
some some really good musicians in our audience claimed that there was a bit of a muffled sound, uh -huh. but luckily at the new Safe Center, uh, the acoustics are really good, so it sort of was quite forgiving. Um, but no, I, I and, and also if you're wearing a mask and you inhale too strongly, um, or it also fogs up your glasses. That's um, that's the know. biggest problem yeah. I've had yeah. with it. I mean, we were we were doing shows yeah. here even with with a mask, mm -hmm. and I, I I wear glasses when I'm on air so I can read you know right. uh, announcements and things, and it's just like yeah. It, no. I need a little a little blower or a little exactly. windshield wipers. <laughs> yeah, no, we we feel quite liberated, and we're hoping that we'll be able to continue. Um, but it is a deal we have with our professional orchestra. Sure. That, but but they've granted us, knowing that the rate seems pretty steady right now, um, that we don't have to wear a mask, and that that's a good feeling. Did they make the trumpet players have a, a mask on the trumpet itself? <laughs> Because no, that's where the air's coming yeah. out. <laughs> so the winds and brass, they got exonerated. They would take an antigen test every morning. Were uh, they? And, wow. and they didn't have to wear a mask. But then when they weren't playing on stage, they would wear a mask. Yeah. So it was, it was quite something. But I'm just so proud of the group that they kept the morale up because it's not fun. No. Uh, and um, I, I must say, uh, we came out of it uh, okay, strong. We didn't lose too many singers, you know, because it, it did test uh, the patience of people. Did affect your audience in terms of size and things people not wanting to be in a crowd yeah good point there was some of that but much to our surprise we had not sung for almost two years so when we did the verity requiem in may of 2022 which i would had attended this, uh, and it was you. fabulous my gosh what a, what a comeback that was but people were starved and there, as you saw so that night, Bob, there was a great there crowd. Was a, there was a pent up, yeah, yeah. 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 And you and were a little worried that yeah. uh, about what uh, if yeah. the people were going to show up. Yeah, um, no, uh, but luckily they're uh, very loyal. And then when we did Carmina uh, last May, it's such a crowd pleaser, as you know, um, that we had another wonderful crowd. So we managed to still keep our audience, I think, on track with us. And the the renovated, it's now the safe. Uh, yeah. Credit Credit Union Center. They've done a great job, and the, the old community center, right, mm -hmm. right in the yeah, heart of downtown. Right, yeah, it's a long name, Safe Credit Union Performing Arts Center. Did, so we call it the Safe Center. Did, uh, but uh, but we're we're proud to have that, and and we have new risers. You've seen them. Yes, beautiful new risers that have chairs and no climbing stairs and creaky boards and splinters. That was new for the the uh, Christmas concert, yeah, was, was that right? Yeah, again, but that we we. Uh, debuted the risers uh, in May of 22 okay. at the Verdi Requiem. Okay, that's where it was, but, yeah. But, you know, at Christmas, we did have them for the first time at Memorial. Right. Yeah, that's right. No splinters. That's, <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I hate to, And plus, no, no back support. Yeah. When you go to sit down, you now have a chair. Uh, uh, so when the soloists sing, the cor chorus can sit down, or if there's other, you know, activity. Um, so it really helps our singers enjoy the concert even more. Sure. So, so that... That those risers came about. We had three or four guardian angels that helped us find one hundred and twenty-one thousand dollars. So it was quite a project. Wow! And explain what the risers are. Oh, so whenever you have a chorus uh, that ha is of a large size, uh, you really need to have them tiered so that they have heights and they can see the conductor. Also, it helps the sound. And then if if they're in a sort of a, a U shape. We can see across and hear each other better. The balance is much better. Um, so choral uh, risers are like professional 
Uh, they're made by Winger Corporation out of Minnesota, and they really give a great look to the chorus, but they add comfort, and to me, it improves the sound, you know? And it looks a lot more professional than climbing these horrible bleacher... Uh, uh, right. We're not going to a football game. We're right. actually putting on a concert, you know? So, And it, it, it feels really good. So, so did little kids in Minnesota grow up wanting to make risers? Well, I'll <laughs> tell you. Remember the day they arrived, uh, there had been so many snowstorms coming out of Minnesota, and they were in touch with me about where the truck is here. It's heading yeah. towards Utah, and it did make it on time. But uh, And luckily, we get to store those risers out at McClellan. We have some storage space because, uh, as you know, storage space is expensive. Right. And so we're lucky that the county of Sacramento is helping us out so we can store them when we're not using them. So yeah, the, the old McClellan Air Force Base. Yeah, it's a hangar. Yeah. yeah, yeah and we have our library out there. Uh, we get a lot of work done out there. And we have a very small office space in Fair Oaks, so there'd be no room at all for right. these risers, believe me. So is it one truckload? A one 70-foot truck. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And he was uh, the fellow. It was, it was the week of the first day of the Ukrainian war. Oh, and the fellow who drove the truck was from the Ukraine. I'll never forget Roman. And I, I just felt so bad. He, you know, he he knew what his country was about to go through. And your concert sang the national yeah, anthem of Ukraine. Yeah, we wanted to honor the people of the Ukraine, and we did a, a great job in the national anthem. And in the audience, we had so many Ukrainians who knew the anthem from memory. I was sitting near yeah. some of them. Oh, and they knew all the words. We had the words projected, of course. Um, but they had great voices, and did they ever? It was an they emotional. They it out. It was an emotional moment. Let me tell you. So, yeah. so that's what great music does. Though it brings beauty and inspiration to our world. Yeah, wouldn't wouldn't it be great with all the problems in the world if we all if we all shared an well, anthem yeah. that inspired all of us? You know, I wish, I wish every politician had to sing in a choir. Yeah, I yeah, think that would yeah. be great. You know what I mean? Um, but I think you know, I've 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 long said if we. <laughs> If everybody got two more hours of sleep a night, everybody in the world, uh-huh. two more hours of sleep, and and could listen to music, mm-hmm. their favorite music, mm-hmm. uh, the world would be a better place. I mean, uh, you know, leaving leaving out uh, the, the, yeah. the good Lord who's mm-hmm. in charge of all of this, mm-hmm. but you know, if if we all had a faith we shared too, mm-hmm. would be would be no, fabulous. Right. But um, just little little things like that and music. Mm-hmm. makes people happy yeah exactly uh, happy and nostalgic and just reminiscing maybe exactly. your childhood just all mm-hmm. these emotions that come mm-hmm. through but they're all they're all wonderful emotions yeah well the fact that we draw together so when there is a performance people in our community descend on memorial auditorium or safe credit union uh, performing arts center uh, and but every monday night what i love i love the concerts don't get me wrong but I love the sense of community that I witness at the rehearsals. Yeah. These people have worked all day, Bob, and they arrive between 6.30 and 7, uh, and we work them pretty hard for the next two and a half hours. But they come with a smile on their face, and when they leave at 9.30 at night on a Monday, they're energized. Uh, they make new friends. Uh, we've auditioned quite a few new people into the choir, and I'm happy to say the choir is getting uh, younger Believe it or not, yeah, younger people are like you. To I mean, sing. we're getting younger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they want to sing, and they want to like social media is great. God bless us all, but they like the idea of physically coming together. So for me, the rehearsals are a joyful experience uh, to witness seeing each other. And, and they rehearse once a week, just Monday nights. That's right. 
sort of year-round or just when you have uh, a concert coming basically up? Basically, the last Monday of August through mid-May, uh, and then we're on hiatus, but then we tour sometimes in June. So, But normally it's late August to mid-May. Um, we have rehearsals every Monday night, except we have a couple Mondays off at Christmas. And um, how big is the choir? Right now, 140, um, but depending on illness. <laughs> but uh, we're, we'll level off. For Christmas, we'll level off around 140. So if you have 140, is it is there a, a natural attrition rate? We're having a big concert, and you're, you know you're only going to get 130? or I you're see, gonna yeah. Uh, it, it, can, it can be repertoire-driven. And what we found, COVID was much longer. It lasted longer than people thought it would. So as we were attempting to come out of it, people had made plans to travel oh, around sure. the world. Sure. So when you launch in... in August, oh, Jim, sorry, but my wife and I are going on a cruise. Right. We planned this a year ago uh, because people realize th that they want to get on with their life. Right. Um, so we've had to cope quite a bit with that. Uh, we urge people to commit to a full season mm -hmm. at the very minimum a semester, like two concerts. Right. Don't, you can't pick and choose your concerts. We'd never build any quality that way. Uh, so um, there, for example, for Christmas, for the first concert, which was just a couple of weeks ago, Music of the Spheres, um, the choir was down to about 120 mm -hmm. because people had planned to travel and that. And then there's illness, there's life, lives that change, you know. So um, family so emergencies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But we're, we're, we're heading towards 140. Uh, and then we'll probably keep close to that number for the spring. Uh, and we're finishing with Rodgers and Hammerstein. So that's a, that, that would be a draw as well. Type so when, when you travel, say, to Europe... Or even to Southern California or something. Do you, do you charter? Do you charter? Oh, we have a, a, a wonderful professional uh, tour company that works with us on a securing the venues in Europe, making sure that they are venues that have great music programs and that will draw a good audience. So we work with Music Celebrations. It's a company based out of Tempe, Arizona, and we've been with them for about 15 years now. Uh, and they help with the, the ground transportation, uh, the airfare, should people want it, they can get their own, uh, and certainly all the hotels and the meals. So we're in good hands with a professional tour company because wow. you're dealing with too many variables, you know. Um, and people can either go early on the tour and stay late as they want, you know, and they don't have to take the airfare that Music Celebrations offers. Um, and so... Um, like in, in June of 2024, we're finally going to tour again, and it will be to northern Italy. Oh, wow. Um, and so we'll land in Milan, and we're doing what we call the Small Venues Tour mm -hmm. uh, with three performances of Mozart Requiem in Lake Como area. Oh, wow. And Lake Maggiore, you know, so we're yeah. right underneath Two Switzerland, of the you know. beautiful places and, and in I'll Italy. I'll tell you, uh, the, the venues all have working organs, beautiful pipe organs, with good sight lines so the conductor and the organist can see each these, other. These will all be in churches? That's right, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, smaller centers, though, uh, uh, Rapallo, uh, will, will end up at Cinque Terre, uh, Portofino, um, and uh, Cremona. So we'll be visiting some of the birthplaces of composers uh, where they made violins. It's going to be more than just us singing, you know. Probably the birthplace of a few saints, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and, of course, Milan, the cathedral in Milan with 120 spires. It's just amazing. So um, we've got that planned, and uh, we'll probably take two busloads on that. That'll be about 98 people. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that that's in the offing. And uh, 
it's sort of good to be back because it will have been five years since we toured. And who lets the people in that region know you guys are coming so they can come to the concert? Yeah, good for you. So it's music celebrations that come. They do that uh, too. That's right. They have a European office, and we've been dealing with Simona. Simona is our best friend in Italy. Um, When we sang for the Pope a couple years, well, a couple years ago, ten years ago, um, Simona was our contact to make sure we could sing at the Vatican. Uh, and so she's still with the company, and they have like personal friends. They they check out the environment. They make sure that the organs are working, and that there is sometimes an established music program, so that they're known for that. And they all have summer programs, so we'll be part of that. And is it ever gratifying to sing to a full house, a full church? Sure, I'm I'm, I'm expecting one day you're going to look out in the audience, and there's going to be Pope Francis looking <laughs> looking back at <laughs> that you. That would make our day. I bet it would. I bet it would. That's great. That's great. Do you have a most memorable trip that that the or or or, you know, or venue? I I think in a way it might have been. Uh, I mean, they were all fabulous, but I think the 2004 trip where we engaged four different professional orchestras in Europe, and we brought our own soloists uh, over, and we did um, a mass by Haydn. And we performed in Munich in, in a beautiful uh, abbey uh, just south of Munich, Otterbeuren, uh Benedictine Abbey. Oh, I thought I had died and gone to heaven. Mm. Uh, 1725, Rococo, great acoustics. And I remember the head monk, the head Benedictine contact, he said, Jim, your concert can start at two, but you must be done by four because we have prayers. And I thought, right. of course. Right. Of course. Right. That's, right. Right. No. That's what you do. Yeah. Uh, and and then, you, now, was this yeah. 2 a.m. Uh, or, yeah. or 2 p.m.? Yeah. And <laughs> then from there, we went to Prague. And as you know, Prague is the jewel of Europe. Right. And it was a civic concert hall, orchestra, just first class. Uh, and then we made our way to Vienna. And just when you think things can't get any better, uh, we were at St. Stephen's Cathedral. Wow. Uh, and I'll tell you, uh, that place was packed that night. Uh, and the president of Austria had just died. So we dedicated the concert to him. It was quite spontaneous. Uh, and then we took the boat down the, the Danube um, and we went to uh, Budapest. Hmm. And we finished there in the Franz in the Liszt Academy. Uh, and there we made our first professionally mastered CD. Uh, with their professional orchestra. And I remember saying, okay, we'd like to cut a CD. What will you charge us? And the concertmaster said, well, uh, would you send me four? I said, absolutely. (laughs) So I sent six. (laughs) But uh, it was just a different culture. Like they weren't weren't union. They were just professional players who love great music. Um, So even though you were not associated with a church... Sacramento Choral Society, you you perform in a lot of churches oh and God. a lot of religious, uh, basically masses and yeah. requiems well, and etc. Composers, that's what they did. They they yeah. took the text of the mass and the the requiems and the stabat maters and they but they did such an amazing setting for orchestra, soloists and chorus. It wasn't just some pop culture thing with some percussion in the background, right. you know. On the other hand, we have performed at Carnegie Hall. And we performed uh, down south in L.A. at Disney Hall. At Disney Hall, So yeah. we've done some pretty big things, you know, on both coasts. So in the old days, a lot of these composers, were they actually employed by the church? Um, the one composer that really had it made, it was an aristocratic family, um, Haydn, Haydn. He, he in Austria. He, he had it made. 
Uh, Mozart was employed by the church. Uh, he didn't get along very well, Bishop Colorado in uh, Salzburg. Um, and then he went to Vienna, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, oftentimes they were. And it wasn't exactly, they probably couldn't make a living doing that. They'd mm -hmm. have to teach or write, right. you know. So, uh, to this day, I don't know how those some of those composers made it through life, you know. But they did. And then and I know the state helped a bit more like for concerts that would help subsidize, you know, which I wish we had more support here for, you know. So. You know, it's it's amazing to me that, you know, you think about in the United States, uh, you're talking about music and, you know, the westward expansion and the, these rugged and hardy pioneers that came over in colored wagons and stuff. Mm -hmm. And yet all these little towns yeah. ended up with an opera house. Yeah, not not what you would expect. Yeah, exactly. You'd expect a saloon, maybe, yeah. but which they yeah. had. But yeah. but they ended up with opera houses. Yeah. W right in the, Woodland had an opera yes. house. And Winters well has an opera exactly. yeah. house. You know, yeah. and it's just a wow. Well, you know, and in Canada, I have to talk about Canada, of course. Uh, the railroad made it across Canada in 1885. Okay, the whole project was headed up by an American, and only when the railroad was completed all the way to Vancouver. Um, did some of the new brides from England, mm. they would arrive and they could bring their pianos with them. Oh, wow. Because before they sure. couldn't get their piano on a covered wagon. <laughs> sure. You know? yeah. And so they could take a uh, train across the country with their piano. I found that story fascinating. Wow. And you know, and, and uh, the railroads in Canada were responsible for building all those great hotels. Uh, oh gosh, starting Canadian, with the Canadian Pacific Hotel. Canadian Pacific, the, the starting with series. the Empress and then oh Banff Springs and yeah. uh, all, all the yeah. way across Canada, including yeah. out in the prairie. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah I, I forgot about those, but yeah, they, they did a royal job. Canadian Pacific Hotel, CP. Yeah. Yep, they're you know. they're they're like castles. Mm, they are, and in the settings are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my my wife and I honeymooned in one of them in oh. Victoria. Oh my god! Right on the Inner Harbor, mm -hmm. and just right. beautiful stuff. High tea for days. Right? High tea. <laughs> yeah. High yeah. tea. Yeah. Yeah. When we took the Coral Society to Victoria in two thousand nine, I remember the whole group of them uh, got together. They they almost overtook. The, the Empress Hotel yeah, yeah. Uh, for high tea. Well, I, I remember having high tea with my wife and, and four little ones. Mm -hmm. uh, they probably age three, four, five, and six mm -hmm. at the time. And, oh, the staff just descended yeah. on us. And, and I'm, I'm here thinking, high tea, you know, like yeah, uh, tea yeah. and maybe yeah. a little f cucumber sandwich or something. Yeah. The food, they just kept bringing it and bringing it and bringing it. And the setting was just... Mm -hmm. Amazing. Just beyond, yeah. yeah, yeah. And Bob, you mentioned uh, maybe was one of the tours even more memorable. And it was yesterday was Veterans Day, and uh, I couldn't help but post on Facebook our performance in Normandy. We, we mm. sang at the American Cemetery. I remember when you, you and went. That that was a life. I mean, we had just sung at Notre Dame, which was amazing. But singing in the American Cemetery was an emotional. Amazing. Was that on Veterans Day or was that uh, in the summer? No, no, we were there in late late June. Right. But when, when Veterans Day rolls around, I like to post that. Uh, and we, to sing the national anthem, classic version of the American national anthem in that setting, and then go on the beach. Um, it was it, it life-changing experience. Yeah, I mean, of all the, I mean, there were many, many theaters in World War II, but mm -hmm. boy, Normandy yeah. is, is... And we were pleased that we got to perform in Notre Dame before the Amazing Fire, you know, 2015. So uh, we, we're, we're glad to think that we had that experience. 
So is Notre Dame back to itself? Uh, pretty or not? well. Uh, I'm not sure when they're unveiling it, but apparently they've done an amazing job. And I'm I'm getting curious about heading over to check it out. You know, but the history, the work they put into that, I I don't know. They must have done some good research. You know, and they say that the organ was salvaged. The organ, wow. yeah, there was some type of car roof or ceiling above it that prevented some of the fire from, yeah. So, God bless us all. Yeah. Indeed. We're talking with uh, Jim McCormick, the uh, president of Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra, and they've got some great events coming up, including the, uh, the Christmas concert and uh, the uh, uh, Home for the Holidays, which is always a, a great treat. And we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back, and we'll actually have some music from uh, these upcoming concerts. Thank you, Bob. This portion of the Bishop's Hour is brought to you by a grant from the St. Vincent de Paul Society. Drop by and shop at their thrift store, a beautiful, beautiful thrift store at 2275 Watt Avenue. Open Mondays through Saturdays from 10 to 8 and Sundays from 11 to 6. They also accept donations at the store, donations of furniture, appliances, clothing, books, everyday household items. Your donations help to fund the many projects of the St. Vincent de Paul Society throughout the Diocese of Sacramento do such wonderful, wonderful work, and the thrift store is uh, one of the the ways they uh, raise the funds to help people throughout the diocese, and also uh, uh, many of their clients are able to access the uh, thrift store for uh, items that they need. You can uh, give them a call. They will come pick it up as well, but you can uh, give them a call. They're at 916-972-1212, and remember, again, the thrift store is open uh, seven days a week at 2275 Watt Avenue right here in Sacramento. Well, Bishop Soto refers to Christ the King Retreat Center as the jewel of the diocese, and indeed it is. What a beautiful oasis it is. It's located in Citrus Heights, uh, right in the hustle and bustle of the city, and you feel like you're getting away from it all when you uh, turn off the main road and just uh, uh, come into Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center. Christ the King has served Northern California and the Diocese of Sacramento for over 60 years through parish weekend retreats, individual spiritual direction, and a variety of other programs. For information on all the programs that they offer, including residential programs, give them a call. They're at 916-725-4720, or you can visit them at 6520 Van Maren Lane in Citrusites. And we certainly thank uh, the St. Vincent de Paul Society and Christ the King Passionist Retreat Center for their fine and long-standing support of the Bishop's Hour. This is Deacon Kevin Stasco, the Director of the Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry and Family and Faith Formation, and you're listening to the Bishop's Hour with Bob Dunning. Thank you, Deacon Kevin, for that wonderful introduction and also for all the great work you do here in the Diocese of Sacramento. We're with Jim McCormick, the President of the Sacramento Choral Society, and orchestra. Jim, you got some concerts coming up. You know, uh, funny you should mention that, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is our 28th season Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra uh, presenting world-class choral orchestral music for our people in the, in the region and beyond because sometimes they're streamed, you know. Um, but uh, coming up very shortly, about a month's time, we have a huge performance um, and it's a, a well-loved Christmas tradition that draws families together. It's generally the second Saturday of uh, December, and it's our famous, well-known, well-loved Home for the Holidays. 
Uh, and this year is on Saturday, the 9th of December, and it's a matinee, 3 p.m. matinee. Um, the performance uh, is, uh, it will actually be finished by about 5.20, because some families want to go to dinner. Uh, so we'll have one short intermission. Concert starts at 3, we'll be done before 5.30. Um, and it's at the beautiful Memorial Auditorium. And there's, you know, the, there's a number of wonderful restaurants right around. Uh, you get out about yeah, 5 o'clock. Yeah. It's a wonderful time. Yeah, people plan it. Take people they, out to dinner. Yeah. And, of course, the Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament is very yeah. nearby, and you yeah. could probably uh, mm -hmm. uh, check out their vigil mass yeah, right yeah, after the concert yeah. as well. But, you know, it, there are some historic buildings in Sacramento. The Cathedral of the Blessed Sacrament is probably number one or the capital mm -hmm. in, ter in terms of number of tourists and right. things like that. Uh, must see. Mm -hmm. um, those, those are two big venues. The Memorial Auditorium is a pretty special place. Yeah. I'm so glad that they ended up saving it. Yeah. In the 1990s, there was some talk so of... Just bring in the bulldozers. It's yeah. going on 93 of uh, 1926, 1927, right. so right. almost 100 years and old. And they spent s some money in recent years mm -hmm. to really yeah. renovate it. They improved the acoustics. The I'm happy to say the loading dock is much better. Uh, there's more restrooms for the women, and uh, there's also uh, better comfortable seats. And um, there's some wonderful photos on the walls oh of yes. people mm -hmm. who performed there, people mm -hmm. who attended, mm -hmm. just, just fast. I mean, yeah. that'd be worth going just to see the walls. People get really sentimental. Their graduation, uh, they their, their first prom, uh, they went roller skating there. Yeah. Uh, they, went, they went to a wrestling match. Yeah. Caught the Rolling Stones there yeah. years ago. You could you could catch the Rolling Stones or roller derby, either <laughs> either one. <laughs> I think I'll pass. I'm <laughs> oh, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but I remember we had a, a wonderful older lady about ten years ago at our Christmas concert, and she said that she was uh, in the audience in 1949, um, no, in 1946 uh, when they announced the end of the war. Uh, 1945. And, uh, yeah, and I think yeah. so. Um, but she associated it with being at Memorial Auditorium when she got the news. I think there was some newscast or some wow. something on the radio, and some MC said, "Hey, that guess made what? the yeah. announcement. What a great, what a great place to learn." Wow, wow. And you yeah. know, I I remember uh, covering Sacramento State basketball games right? in Memorial Auditorium. Yeah. Wow, they played yeah. there uh, one or two seasons. They yeah. played there. Um, it was, I don't, I'm not quite sure if they were renovating the gym or they mm -hmm. just thought, let's take it yeah. downtown and see yeah. how the attendance is, yeah. but they actually played but basketball in there. That, the building itself is a warm building in that yeah. the, the physical shape is U-shaped. So we have the lower main floor, uh, and beautiful pillars up front. And then you have a dress circle that's elevated a little bit above. So it helps you, the sight lines. And to me, the first balcony is the place to be. I just yeah. love that first balcony. Yeah. Um, and it's U-shaped. So it, uh, if the chorus is in a U on their risers facing the audience and the audience is facing the chorus in a U, you feel that we are connected. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's, for a big building, it's pretty intimate. Yeah, and there's not a bad seat in the house. Yeah. And really for not. Home for the Holidays, we'll be uh, uh, using the old Etsy organ. It's an old pi uh, um, pipe organ that has been in the building. And um, they're tuning it in about a week's time to make sure it still plays well. 
So our organist, Ryan Enright, will be playing that with the professional orchestra. Has it been in use? Yes, for oh, okay. three years now. Okay. Yep. Um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, this, this concert is really a traditional experience for families, especially. Um, the doors open at 2 o'clock. Uh, we have all kinds of scholars, or, uh, choral society CDs uh, uh, available in the lobby for people who still have CD players. And the concert, though, is really a dramatic moment because it starts in darkness where there's five chimes, and then the men will intone some Gregorian chant, but all the singers are up in the first balcony surrounding right. the audience. Right. So, you know, at St. Mark's in Venice, they had what they call surround sound. Well, we have the same thing, surround sound, stereo, real-time people singing all around you. Uh, so we'll start Each with, with their own little candle. That's right. Yeah. They sort of look like candles. They look like uh, candles. Yeah. But it's the men are starting the Gregorian chant in darkness with candles. Um, and then they break out into a wonderful work, Personet Hodie, rejoicing. It's time of year to rejoice. Um, but it features a large chorus of about 140, 51-member orchestra. And then we have this headliner. I mean it, ladies and gentlemen. You've got to meet and hear this young kid. Uh, Finn Segal is a 23-year-old music major at uh, Yale University. He's from down south, uh, is that La Cañada? La, La, uh, yeah, South, yeah, in yeah. Southern California. And he went yeah. to th that high school down there. Uh, and he's going to be in the uh, Chicago Lyric Opera pretty soon. Uh, but anyway, we discovered him over the summer, and we have hired him to fly from Yale to good old Sacramento. He's a student at Yale. Yeah, he still is. Uh, uh, so he's uh, finishing a master's degree in music. And he had to get permission from his professors to spend six days with us. And they, wow. when they saw the opportunity for him, they said absolutely. So we're flying him in uh, well before the concert. And so we've programmed him into the concert with the large chorus and orchestra. Um, and so there'll be other surprises, you can be sure. It but says right on the flyer, Frank Sinatra reborn. Did anybody ask Frank? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Well, maybe we should call him Finn Sinatra. <laughs> uh, but that's a, a pretty neat name, Finian, you know? Yeah. And so, a good we'll Irish name. Him. You got it. Yeah. We're going to welcome him. And uh, the program will feature a, a lot of great works that, that are of, you know, Christmas carols, but also new works. And there'll be some orchestral works. And I assure you, there will be other surprises. I do know that Santa will be in the building uh, and checking out if Bob Dunning's been naughty or nice yes. and everything. Um, <laughs> that's an easy, that's an easy <laughs> one. <laughs> um, anyway, it, 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 ticket sales are moving really well, and uh, it's really easy. This year, I'm so happy. The city of Sacramento has hired five new ticket sellers in the office so that when you call down, someone can answer the phone. So A real I person. encourage people... Yeah. Don't pay the Ticketmaster fees unless you really want to. You could call down between Tuesday and Friday. It's on our website. Uh, Tuesday and from Tuesday to Friday between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. and get a live person and save yourself the Ticketmaster fees. Well, well you know, it's, it's, it's interesting because, uh, you know, I, I know like with football tickets, people will type in Cal Stanford football ticket and up will come these prices, and it's all secondary market. Yes. And they do have box offices on campus, you know, where they actually sell a ticket for, yeah. a, for a certain price. Old-fashioned. You know, and, yeah. and uh, I, had that, I had that experience the other day with just a local football game. I, uh, one of, a couple of my kids wanted to go, yeah. and, 
And I, I saw that, I mean, oh, look at these prices. And then I, I thought, I think they have a box office at yeah. UC Davis. Called the box office and said, oh, yeah, those tickets are $20 or yeah. something. You know. Yeah, that's it. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, do what you want, but I encourage you to make the phone call. And the, the number down there, you'll see it on our website, sacramentocoral.org. But if you want, the number is 916-808-5181 between Tuesday and Friday, uh, between 10 a.m. and 4 p.m., and you'll save a ton of money and enjoy the show. So the and the thing I like, you, you do have a, a, a not just one song sing along, no, no, a whole and and a, a lot of the yeah, yeah. there. There's this great mix of of not necessarily new stuff, but but mm-hmm. so non traditional maybe yeah. in 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 mm-hmm. our thinking, but then a lot of. The traditional, yeah, you know, heart the oh, herald yeah. angels sing. There's still you know? room for that in our lives, yeah. you know. And I love it because sometimes our conductor Donald Kendrick will turn to the audience, and he has a good rapport with him. He say, "Turn to your neighbor, and if you're going to sing, give me your best." And they give all give each be- other yeah. high five, you know. Yeah. And then you've been there, Bob. They sing the roof off that building. Oh yeah. And they stay with the orchestra, like the orchestra drives the the piece ahead, and it's a medley of five or six tunes, and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, it's tr- it's tremendous fun. If there's you know if if you've got uh, other plans on December 9th, cancel them and come to, <laughs> come to the concert. Delay the wedding a week. <laughs> you know, it is really it's really a lot of fun. It's fun to be in in downtown. I know I know we parked about just on a city street about three blocks away. I think it was last year. Might have been two years ago. And the sycamore leaves. Oh, yeah. We're about yeah. two feet deep. We, we'd had a big yeah. rainstorm. They were about oh, two yeah. feet deep and just slogging through the sycamore. You got this feeling of, of winter. Exactly. And, uh, you know, it just. Yeah, that, that weather last year. I mean, I was so impressed that people actually. People showed up. Yeah. They, it was raining the day of. And yeah. wind and rain. And, man, they show, it felt so good to have them inside. Yeah, know, indeed. So explain Finn Seagal. What, what, what will his role be? And. How much time does he have to absorb all this? Sure. So Finn uh, is a, a he's a good musician, intelligent human being, and we have sent him a binder of music uh, because it's marked up. Uh, Finn solo chorus sings here. Finn, so we take different verses and he'll sing some of the verses. Uh, he's our what we call our headliner. Right. So he'll also narrate the night before Christmas. Okay. But it's a new version this year uh, by. Uh, Gary Fry, and he, he sings it. No, he, he speaks quite a bit of it, but there's a singing role, too, because normally when you narrate, you don't sing, but he will sing and talk, and then the chorus will also be involved in the narration. Uh, so he uh, on every second or third piece, he's going to be, uh, he does a bit of solo work, like White Christmas, if you can imagine, have yourself a merry little Christmas. You know, it's just like old-fashioned fun. Um, and then, he, like on the Silent Night, is a new version this year by Philip Stopford. He'll probably sing the second verse, mm-hmm. you know, and he'll join us on "We Wish You a Merry Christmas." So he'll be in and out all night. Uh, uh, so is he, is he rehearsing this? Oh, I see. On his own in New yeah. Haven, or That's is the, he? Well, he's a young professional. Um, he's a young professional, so uh, he's got the music, and then our conductor Don Kendrick and he are on the phone and uh, a lot about the, what he wants here and doesn't want there. Uh, and he can rehearse over the phone to Don. Uh, and then on Thursday, the 7th of December, 
he has a rehearsal with the orchestra alone when mm -hmm. done, no chorus. And Thursday night, he's with the chorus and orchestra. So he'll get to hear all the other parts along with so it. So do you do it like a full rehearsal on the 8th? Um, on the 8th, we have to go dark because we're helping the ballet. They needed our orchestra members. So we only rehearse Thursday uh, twice, uh, and then no rehearsals Friday. And then Saturday morning, we have a dress rehearsal mm -hmm. at 1030 and we'll finish that by one. We'll dine together. So that'll be the full thing. Yeah, that's right. And believe me, that's the whole show with the lighting, sound, the candles, uh, procession type of thing. Do you dine right there um, at, the, at the venue? Do you dine at the uh, venue? We or? have been able to. Um, we're asking permission again. We dine in the lower level. Um, we, we, we don't call it the basement. We call it the lower level. <laughs> is there... Is there uh, I'm, I'm, it strikes me as odd you're going to eat and then go sing. Yeah. D is well, we is there other foods that you yeah. don't eat? That, yeah, you, not too much chocolate. Anything that's too... Oh, uh, no. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> uh, but anything like that's rich in chocolate like that that can coat the vocal folds. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And plus, they'll have an hour or so to digest it. Things uh, that won't make you burp. <laughs> and no wine. <laughs> no yeah. wine. <laughs> I wish you a merry little Christmas. <laughs> Uh, so, but uh, so we he will spend time with the orchestra and with Don, but he's also zooming with Don, uh, and he's on the phone. So, being a young professional, that's what that's why we count count on him. You know, so we've got his flight. He's flying out of Hartford, Connecticut, and we're ready to welcome uh, Finn to our our home. Boy, the, how exciting! Yeah. How exciting for him! Yeah, it is. It's uh, good. exciting yeah. for you guys. Yeah, it's it's nice to have a new blood, young blood. Uh, and, uh, you know, everything, okay, who's going to pick him up at the airport, who's going to take him back, you know, make sure we take care of our people. Uh, just so we be sure we get this in, there's also going to be, we don't want to confuse them, we're talking about December 9th for the, the home for the holidays at the Memorial Auditorium, there will be a Messiah sing-along on the 26th of December uh, with Ryan Enright, the organist, at First United Methodist Church, uh, 2100 J Street in Sacramento. Yeah, it's exciting. It's really exciting to have the Messiah sing, and Ryan, Ryan Enright will be the organist. Um, so, uh, and what we'll do, we don't have any soloists sing in the Messiah sing, and we say, who needs these pesky soloists? So anyone who comes gets the chance as a group to sing all the soloist parts, too. Oh, wow. And that's a riot, because what you do is you grab as many notes as you can. and But we make it clear at the beginning, if you're going to make a mistake, make a really good one. Oh, that's yeah. good. <laughs> so we'll have Don Kendrick conducting, Ryan Enright. Uh, people can borrow the scores at the door, um, and they're on the honor system. They return them as a rule. Uh, and so we're really pleased to offer it's day after Christmas. It's sort of a, a wonderful activity. Sure. Uh, and last year we had uh, about 350 people. Wow. Yeah. And so tickets for that are already available online at sacramentocoral.org. And that's only $20 a person and uh, right, 15 exactly. for seniors yeah, and students. Right. Yeah, what if you're a senior student? <laughs> Double duty. Double duty. Uh, you get I, even more off. Can I get back to you on that, Bob? <laughs> <laughs> we would like to keep the nonprofit alive. <laughs> yes, indeed. That's right. Again, it's at 2100J, not too far from the Memorial yeah, Auditorium, exactly. which also has a J yeah. Street address. And we love doing things downtown. It's part of our outreach, you know, sure. type of thing. And also, uh, that work is such a revered work. And, you know, people always used to do sing-alongs, and then they sort of fell out of favor. Yeah. But now they're back. 
Mitch uh, Miller. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but you'd be surprised. A lot of people arrive. They've got these old, old Messiah scores, all tattered. And like they, you could tell that they sung that work a few times. Yeah. There was one 92-year-old guy from Marysville who drove down on his own, and he had a bound, a leather-bound Messiah score. Oh, wow. I was so touched. Well, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Bring Brings everybody out. So you brought some music. Yes, uh, I, and with Gabe's help, we'll have uh, a couple of music samples here. Very good. Um, I, I just want to explain that at the beginning of the concert, we surround the audience in darkness, right? And I mentioned it starts with the Gregorian chant, but then the next piece is sung by the full chorus surrounding the audience in the first balcony, uh, and it's a work called Personnet Hodier by Lara uh, Hogard, and it's, it's time to rejoice. It's all about rejoicing. So uh, if Gabe is ready, we'll listen to a, a, a little bit of Personnet Hodier. I believe we don't. We we probably do not have that right now. But Gabe, Gabe, we will try to find it. And uh, oh, okay, yeah. Well, um, but believe me, folks. Um, if you if you go on our website, I'm sure you could probably find uh, the work on YouTube too. Yes, you know, in, indeed. Things, so. Well, let's let's. Um, oh, here we go. It's a great way to start. It's it's a dramatic way, yeah. And bear in mind the atmosphere of candles and darkness. Uh, beautiful orchestra on the main floor, you know, uh, c uh, supporting the choir up in the balcony. And it's a real art because uh, Don Kennedy's beat pattern, his beat pattern actually is pretty deep. So because they they can't, it's all memorized, and they can't sing with what they think they hear. They have to sing on the downbeat because yeah. of the delay of the sound. It's right. quite something to do as well. Uh, we seem to carry it off. Yeah. Very good. Jim, you got another one for us? Sure, yeah. Uh, there's a composer in Utah, Barlow Bradford. Does some he teaches at the university there. He does amazing work. His orchestras are normally quite small. And this is a work, uh, Still, 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 by Barlow Bradford, a great young Utah composer.
Really beautiful stuff. It, it's haunting, and I like mm -hmm. the simplicity. And at that point in the program, people are like just hushed, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, the audience is just so respectful. And what I love is looking up in the balcony and seeing kids and children with their families, you know. Yeah. And we have groups of people coming, too. It's not just individual families. Uh, groups that make this their Christmas event. Oh, yeah, ab absolutely. So, uh, I, I don't miss a Christmas event. So speaking of children and families, sometimes you've had puppets. Sometimes yes. you've had the Grinch. Yeah. Sometimes you've had some guy in a red suit. Um, you got surprises up your sleeves? Well, you know, we have had great success with that naughty, naughty Grinch. He's booked solid. You know, but he's he's booked, hard and to you get. Know what? It wouldn't be Christmas without him. Bah humbug. Yeah. We're giving Grinch a rest this okay. year. Bah. All right. Yeah. By special You're Grinch the Grinch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he will be back. You know yeah. that. He can't oh, yeah. keep a good Grinch down yeah. type of thing. But no, thanks for asking. Yeah. But there, there will be uh, obviously things for, for the kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We have this most, uh, well, the original Santa. There's only one Santa. Of course, we know that. Yeah. Uh, and he is so amazing. Uh, so he'll be uh, in the audience before the concert at intermission. And when we do the sing-along, he's conducting the large group. It's amazing how you're able to book him, you know. Yeah, well, you know, he knows that Memorial Auditorium is, when you live in the North Pole, uh, Memorial Auditorium is quite a draw. It is. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Do you have another cut for us? <laughs> yes. Uh, I work. It wouldn't be Christmas if we didn't have music by John Rutter, the great English composer. Uh, and uh, this piece is called Star Carol. Um, and it's uh, about singing. Sing this night for a boy is born in Bethlehem. Christ our Lord in a lowly manger. Bring your gifts, come and worship at his cradle. So this is Star Carol, Wonderful Energy by John Wetter. Very nice. Yeah. John Rutter, such a prolific. He's about 86 now. Wow. Such a prolific composer. Uh, he's really big on social media. Uh, and he just, uh, we met him in Carnegie Hall. He was on the first half of our concert. And so he was backstage just before we were going on for Carmina Barana. And we said, oh, Mr. Rutter, do you have any wise words for our chorus? And he said, 
may the force be with you. <laughs> we just laughed so hard that we went on and we sang Carmina Burana. So that's my that's my John Rutter story. Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. So what else do you have for us? Well, I thought we'd finish with, uh, of course, the old standby. It wouldn't be Christmas without Handel's Messiah and the famous Alleluia Chorus. Oh, wow. And he wrote it uh, around 18, uh, 1742 uh, for a foundling hospital in Ireland. Uh, and so this is the famous Alleluia Chorus. You're welcome to join us so if you want. we're talking about before the United States became a country. Yeah. We're yeah. talking about yeah. almost 300 years yeah. ago. Isn't that impressive? And it's still yeah. popular yeah. today. Enduring. enduring and enduring. Wow. Yeah. So Amazing. Listen to that all day. Well, it's, it is. So you made a good point. Uh, the works like this that last and last, uh, and you can imagine what was going through their heads when they're composing yeah. this. There's no computers, you know. Maybe a keyboard handy nearby, yeah. you know. And, and he it, wrote it under uh, just in a few days. But you look how music has changed over the centuries, and <laughs> and here it is, uh, just yeah. as appealing to the senses mm-hmm. now as it, as as yeah. it was to then. It's, it's Classic in every sense, you know. Uh, yeah. and, but I, I love the fact that it is long-lasting, yeah, uh, and and worthy to be heard over and over. We should make one other announcement, uh-huh. and and we will have you back on to talk about this. Uh, from heaven on high, celebrating the beauty and joy of Christmas at at Sacred Heart Church, and this is not Choral Society and Orchestra. This is Scola Cantorum, the great the great choir at uh, uh, Sacred Heart. Uh, Don Kendrick, uh, uh, the conductor, Ryan Enright on the, on the organ. Saturday, December 16 at 7.30 p.m., Sunday, December 17 at 2 p.m., all at Sacred Heart Church, 39th and J, right here in Sacramento. And you can go to scolacantorum.com, or you can call for tickets, 850-545-4298. Tickets also available at the door, and Scola's CDs available at the concert. And again, the 16th at 7.30 p.m., the 17th, of December, 2 p.m., 16th December, 17th December. And Another great tradition. And we'll have you on to talk about that. Excellent, Bob. Uh, later, uh, yeah. take us out, uh, take us out, uh, and uh, sure. thanks so much, uh, Jim, for coming. Yeah. Mark Hayes, uh, I believe Gabe will have it queued up soon. Uh, it's the most wonderful time of the year. It is a joyful experience. So the second Saturday of December, December 9, 3 p.m., Home for the Holidays, Sacramento Choral Society and Orchestra. Thank you, Bob. Thank you.
I'm reconciled. 